Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 392. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. Let's read our passage. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age do this wisdom, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it, since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, cannot evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that we may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. This is Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. It was written about five years after the founding of the church at Corinth. Paul's in Ephesus on his third missionary journey. And he's been told there's problems in the church at Corinth. So he sent in this letter of correction to reorient their thinking about things. Last section, we ended with this idea that he came not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's powers that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. He's been making this contrast between the things that people are impressed with and the things that God uses. I'm not going to say things God is impressed with, because God is not impressed with these things, but the things God uses. He uses lowly things to achieve his purposes, not the things that people are impressed with, we think we bring great things that God can use, but really we don't bring anything that God needs. He produces in us what he needs. And the problem with this wisdom is that the Greek culture values wisdom, and there's nothing wrong with wisdom. So it's not that Paul doesn't care about wisdom. He, he does. Not that he doesn't care about clear arguments. He does. But he's saying, that's not the way God works. And we're not going to do the things God does by depending on worldly wisdom. We need to depend on the wisdom of God, which only comes from God. So verse 6, he says, We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature. Well, who's he talking about with the mature? Because he seems to be saying that they're all problematic. Mature, it basically, I think the best understanding is he means spiritual. As we'll see a little later, he's going to talk about 
those who are babies in Christ. It might actually be even be using a word that the Corinthians are throwing around of who's the most mature. They're very proud of who has the most wisdom, who has the best wisdom, who is aligned with the best leaders, who has the most spiritual gifts, who has the best spiritual gifts, who's the most spiritual. So they're all very much trying to build themselves up as to who is superior. And they're probably puffing themselves up as we are mature. And that's the sort of thing we, we can see today in, in churches, people puffing themselves up saying, well, we are mature. And so I think he's using a little dig at them saying that uh, what he means by mature is spiritual. And as Paul earlier said, the wisdom they're speaking, the wisdom of God is Christ crucified. And that's the same wisdom that's available for everyone. He says, but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Well, he talked earlier about that which we think is something is all coming to nothing because God uses the things that are considered nothing in order to do something. And so the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. Who are the rulers? Well, it's hard to say exactly. Some think it's he's talking about spiritual issues. I don't think so. I think he's talking about worldly rulers and maybe even the leaders of Judaism because he mentions later that had they been aware of this wisdom, they would have crucified the Lord. There's on the contrary in verse 7. We speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. So what is this hidden wisdom? Something that's hidden just means it was hidden, but now it's been revealed. So the hidden wisdom is the message of Christ, which has now been revealed to the world. And it was predestined before the ages for our glory. Then it goes on verse 8, None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he's talking about this age, things that were predestined. So before this age, God's wisdom was predestined, has now been revealed in this, era, in this age, and is going to be applied to the glory, which is the end of the age when God's glory is revealed to all. So he's contrasting the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the age, here and now, and the wisdom that the rulers follow. Verse 9, he says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. But we do have a problem with this, because as it is written, he's usually making an Old Testament quote, and this does not appear to be a very clear Old Testament quote. It kind of is a mashup of Isaiah 64.3 and Isaiah 65.16. So there's things like this in Isaiah, and it may just be uh, a few pieces of things from Isaiah that have been put together as a kind of an Old Testament saying. It was probably a, a popular combination of Old Testament texts that was used uh, commonly in Judaism. We don't have any examples of that, so it's hard to say exactly, but that seems to be the best guess because you don't find this in uh, as a, a nearly 
quotable text in the Old Testament. So it's probably a, a mix of some things from Isaiah 64 and 65. And the point being here is that God's thinking is not like our thinking. God is so much higher, so much beyond what we're able to see and think. Verse 10, now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So he's making the point here that if you want to know the things of God, it only comes from the Spirit of God. We can only know God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is he reveals the things of God to us. And those without the Holy Spirit cannot know the things of God. Verse 12, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God. So we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the point here is, you are not going to know the message of God from worldly wisdom. You're not going to be able to argue the things of God from worldly arguments. All these things are spiritual things, which means they come from God. So worldly wisdom, while worldly wisdom is fine, it's not going to convince people to follow Christ, and it's not going to be our source of our value system for living for Christ. Verse 14, but the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, but it's foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it's evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. So he's, he's given the contrary here. If you want to know the things of God, that uh, can only come from the Spirit of God. So person without the Holy Spirit cannot know the things of God because it's only revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's foolishness to somebody without the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 15, he said, the spiritual person can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Some translations say judged by anyone. It almost sounds like we're saying a Christian is beyond critique. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, by evaluating, he's really talking about understood. A non-spiritual person cannot understand a spiritual person, where they're coming from, why they do what they do, why they think what they think, why they believe what they believe, because it is foolishness in the world they wisdomize. So it's only from spiritual discernment that we know these things. Number 16, for who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What's it mean to have the mind of Christ? That sounds very mysterious, but he's really just saying, we have the thoughts of Christ. And his whole argument here is, we do that because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the thoughts of Christ because they're revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. The natural person doesn't have this because they don't have the Holy Spirit. So they're not going to think the way Christ thinks. We have the ability 
to think the way Christ would think, because we have the Holy Spirit who reveals the thoughts of Christ to us, so we can say we have the mind of Christ. That's just an automatic thing. Well, if it was, he probably would need to be writing this letter, correcting their thinking because they're valuing worldly wisdom. They're not valuing spiritual wisdom. They're not pursuing spiritual wisdom. How do you pursue spiritual wisdom? Well, for us, it's a lot more straightforward than it was for the people of Corinth. For us, how do you get spiritual wisdom? Well, first you get the Word of God. And wisdom is a little more than just facts. I always think if I could just know more Bible facts, and we want to be mature and do more in-depth Bible study. Now, in-depth Bible study is very good, but it's not so much about learning more facts. It's a matter of transformation of life because of the biblical information we receive. There's a lot of people who know a lot of Bible facts, but are very immature spiritually because while they know the facts, it hasn't transformed how they live. And that's the goal is life transformation, not knowledge. Knowledge is pursuing the same thing as the way we view worldly wisdom. Well, if I could just know more, if I could just get more Bible facts, then I will be more mature. No, maturity is spirituality, and being more mature means being closer to God in a tighter relationship with God. It means life transformation, that the Word of God is changing who I am, changing how I think, changing how I value things, changing how I approach everything. That's biblical wisdom, spiritual wisdom, godly wisdom. And that's what we should be pursuing. So for us, it begins with the Word of God. And it's not just a matter of reading the Word of God. It begins with that. But then a reading in such a way that I meditate on it. I think about it. And I pray about it. And I read it in a prayerful attitude, asking God to reveal things to me not secrets, so I can know more and be smarter than everyone else around me. That's falling in the trap of the Corinthians. But reveal to me things about myself that the Lord would like to transform. Because our goal is transformation, to be changed by the Word of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.